Hi everyone and welcome to the Small Business Social Show. My name is Jill and I am your host. And today we're going to be talking to Sharon Sung of Digital Nomad Quest. Sharon spent a year traveling both Europe and Asia and also working remotely while doing so. So Sharon took on some jobs that she was able to do from anywhere and she also started generating passive income. And today Sharon's going to tell us all about her journeys as well as all of the advice she has for others looking to become digital nomads as well. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jill Fox and I'm the owner of Fox Social Media and my company's been helping businesses, practices, and brands to both market and grow online for the past 10 years now. And I'm so excited to have both my YouTube show and my podcast so that I can help all of you as well. So let's get started. Hi, Sharon. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the Small Business Social Show today. I am super excited to introduce you to all of my audience and have you tell your story because you are one of the most interesting people I've met. And just a little side note here, Sharon and I actually met at Pat Flynn's first conference called FlynnCon. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have her on. And Sharon, please tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I've been in digital marketing for about seven years, and basically in 2016, I quit my job, traveled the world for two years as a digital nomad, and I was building passive income streams while I was abroad, um, and came back like a year ago and decided I wanted to actually take a full-time job, be back at home, um, and now I'm like kind of working on building my brand on the side and teaching people how to build passive income as well, so that's kind of about me, so. That's so cool that you did that. Now, what made you decide to go and be a digital nomad? You, you got to be brave to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I had been in the Bay Area for a long time um, and maybe like over 20 years or so. And, you know, I was working the same job, kind of looking at the same office, same cuticle, like every day. And I was I was wondering what else is out there. And I remember back in 2014, I did like this uh, solo Europe trip and like for a month. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I saw all these people living their lives, like living their dreams and like really passionate about life. And I, I just wanted to see what else was out there after meeting all these people. Um, and I guess that like sparked a lot of it for me so I started like studying a lot of books starting a lot of or uh, studying a lot of blogs and learning more about passive income and online businesses and yeah after that um, I, did, I knew I wanted to like leave and see the world so um, that's kind of the story behind it and then um, it wasn't all just about like traveling and seeing the world it was also building passive income streams as well. So I was able to do both, which was really awesome. So. Well, I imagine you had to pay for the trip. So you absolutely had to do that along the way, I imagine. Yeah. Um, how, how did you prepare, not so much for the work part, but for the for the trip part of it and, and where you were going to stay and all those things? Yeah, there's these sites like nomadlist.com and numbio.com where I could see like which places were popular for digital nomads as well as how um, how much they would cost to live at these places. I was doing like a month at each place and kind of gauging like, oh, are these pretty like cost efficient? Like would, would it be good to go there as well as would it be fun and safe? Um, and that's kind of how I like planned it. I planned it six months before I left. So I actually booked like six months of accommodations and flights already prepared like six months before I left so I was I was yeah I was prepping a lot I was making sure financially I was good I even took two 
uh, part-time remote positions while I was like hustling and trying to prep for the trip. And even my full-time work, they actually were like, oh, um, we're interested in having you do like some part-time remote work as well. So it ended up being like three part-time things I was working on at the same time as building these passive income streams. And I like slowly transitioned off of uh, doing that part-time work and then going fully into those passive income businesses. So. That's so cool that your full-time job uh, was positive. They were positive with you about your dream and, and also gave you a part-time work to do. Now, when you came back, did you, is that where you went back to? or I went to another job, actually. So um, it's still like a marketing manager position, mm -hmm. and it's been great. Like I've been learning a lot as well. So that was part of the reason coming back, too, was that um, I wanted to like really build my skills and be back in an area where, you know, the Bay is a lot of like the tech scene and a lot yes. of like ambitious people. And um, I wanted to be around that energy because actually when I was in Chiang Mai, uh, right before I left, uh, a lot of a lot of expats are kind of just wanting to cover their expenses and just like live right. a chill life. And mm -hmm. that I just didn't feel like that was the end for me. Like I still wanted to uh, grow my skills, build things that would impact people. So um, that's kind of why I came back to this, like to the Bay Area, to a job and things like that. That's so cool. And what countries did you go to? Between your two trips, what countries have you been to? Yeah, um, I went to like all around Europe and around, like all around Asia. So the first six months uh, I was in, I started in Stockholm just for a few nights, then went to like Romania, like Bucharest for a month, um, Athens, Greece for a month. Um, Lisbon as well also went to like a few different places um, just like weekend trips and things like that uh, also yeah in Asia I was in like Taiwan Vietnam Thailand like so many different places yeah so um, but I was doing you know a month at each place so it wasn't like I went all like to tons of different places right. but I still ended up seeing a lot of the world so it's good. what's your favorite what's your favorite place you've ever been to yeah, I mean, I ended up staying in Chiang Mai for like four months of it because okay. I really liked it. Yeah, um, Chiang Mai, Thailand was awesome. Um, it, was, it had this relaxing vibe and like everything was really affordable too. And um, standard of living was not bad either. It was great. So uh, I really liked chilling there and like working on my businesses there. Um, I also really liked Lisbon. So Lisbon, Portugal, that was great. Um, and I mess, met some of my closest friends in Bucharest, Romania, too, which was oh, that's great. So cool. Yeah, they were Americans as well. Who were yeah, um, yeah, like two of them were Americans. One was like Australian, and uh -huh. we all met on like this Facebook group of like oh, nomads or something. Yeah, so um, we were just like, oh, who's who's here? Which did like you know, uh, I'm a digital nomad. Who else is yeah. out here? And we just ended up meeting up and becoming really close, and we still keep in touch to this day. That's so cool. Yeah. Because one of the things that, and of course, I'm a mother and a grandmother, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be surprised by this question, but did you feel safe? Like, you're a small person, you're a pretty girl, like, I would be, as, as the mother, grandmother figure, I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm worried about you, you're by yourself. Were you ever unsafe? Yeah, I mean, when I first like told my parents I was going to leave. They didn't even believe me initially. And then like when it was getting closer to the trip and I told them like, Oh, how do I um, get good insurance and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And then my mom started crying. Cause she uh -huh. was like, Oh, I didn't I know. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. She was like, I didn't know you were actually going to do it. And I can, I can imagine that that can be really kind of scary for like a parent to, yeah. uh, you know, but um, I think as a um, like, 
it's not as scary as people think, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a matter of being like safe, just like as right. you normally would um, at sense. home. Yeah. And you wouldn't like just go off by yourself at night or things like that. Um, and also I feel like the places I chose were not um not that unsafe. Like I never really got into any trouble. I, I almost got pickpocketed once um, in <laughs> in uh, Lisbon, but it was like in the daytime too. It was like a, it was a weird thing. It was like a family behind me and they like were unzipping my backpack. I could hear it <laughs> like in my ear. I was like, what the heck's going on? Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it wasn't anything like scary at night or something could have happened. Um, so I think it's a matter of just kind of trying to be nor like safe as you would like go with your friends if you go out at night or something. And yeah, so. Sounds like you were really smart about this whole thing as far as the planning and where to go and, and making sure you had income. W what type of places did you stay in? Like, were they yeah. hostels or hotels or? Uh, I did like Airbnbs. So okay. I, yeah, I, I mean, I've done like the, the shared hostel experience before, but I like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I think I'm getting too old for that or something, but um, it's still a great place to like meet people though. So hostel yeah. life is still it's still great, but I like to have my own room or um, the whole apartment or whatever. So just kind of, I just use Airbnb and the rates are really cheap actually. So I think each place I stayed, was like around 500 a month or less. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, no, you're from San Francisco. Exactly. I'm from Orange County. So we're oh, both gosh. thinking, let's see, we couldn't rent a pile of dirt for 500 a month. <laughs> exactly. You know where we are. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. So that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like uh, it was, kind of I was thinking about it financially too that you know I think San Francisco rent is like 1500 a month or something for someone to have and have roommates you know and everything I'm surprised and, you can get it for that honestly well yeah you'd yeah. have to have like two roommates or something like yeah. that to get that price and and you know I was traveling for like 1400 a month like everything oh, included gosh. yeah like accommodations flights entertainment food everything was is really cheap so I thought it was pretty financially responsible decision yeah. while I'm building my businesses. So. That's so cool. Now, now, how did you, you were, you meet people in the Facebook group, but did you find you were able to connect with a group of people doing something similar everywhere you went or were you meeting the lo local people? How did, and do you speak any other languages? I mean, I do. I speak Mandarin and Cantonese, but oh, that's I'm not, so I'm not that good though. <laughs> I still, yeah, I still speak, spoke English wherever I went. And okay. um, yeah, so m most of the people that like I would meet up with was online. So maybe like Facebook groups, but also uh, I joined this thing called Nomad List. I mentioned it earlier and yeah. it has a Slack channel. So it would have like each country. Oh. Yeah. So it'd be like, cool. yeah, I'd be like, oh, is anyone in Lisbon in the Lisbon channel? So it'd be like a ton of us would just meet up and it would be pretty easy. Um, also, there were like co-working spaces at a lot of these places uh, and you can yeah. meet people that way. I did meet locals as well. It was really, yeah, just like randomly saying hi to people and stuff like that. Um, so there are different ways to meet people. And I also feel like the digital nomad community is getting a lot bigger now. So um, more and more people are becoming digital nomads. And I'm sure you can find a community when you're like out there. That's, that's just such a cool thing. You have so many cool stories. Um, so the other question I want to know is about the work. Like, What types of work did you do? Exactly what were you doing and how did you get that work? Yeah, so the part-time positions when I first started, like before I was really building that passive income, I was uh, creating ads for like Facebook ads. I was managing Facebook ads as well. And then I had the, um, the marketing manager position at the startup where I went kind of more 
part-time work and a lot of it's like digital marketing right and then after that I was transitioning to those passive income streams which included like Etsy um, so I would sell digital downloads on Etsy so like Photoshop templates and stuff like that and uh, I guess I have sort of a graphic design background like a, a bit so I would use like Photoshop to like make these templates and um, started building that shop and it still to this day makes me good passive income um, I also use Amazon FBA and Merch okay. by Amazon. So maybe you've heard of it, but I've done it. Oh, you've done it. Okay. Awesome. My son, my son is a uh, big YouTuber who teaches Amazon FBA. Oh, okay. That's awesome. And he taught you how to do it. Or... Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess whoever doesn't know, it's like basically you um, have inventory shipped to the warehouse and the warehouse actually does all the shipping and fulfillment for you when you, you when you get orders. So it, it can be kind of passive income streams if you kind of work with a manufacturer and you just let them know when you need to restock it and then it, it gets sales, right? So um, that was one method as well as, yeah, Merch by Amazon. So I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're uploading shirt designs or like apparel designs and Amazon's going to print and fulfill your orders as well for you. So um, like if anyone likes your shirt on Amazon and they want to buy it, uh, you don't actually have to like print those shirts. Like Amazon's going to do that for you. Um, and then another way is like I've, I've been building up this blog for four, four-ish years now or maybe You've even a great long. blog on your website. Oh. Now I will link to all of that in the show notes in the description as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, where I, you know, I teach people how to do kind of what I did, right? So, um, so I, I make money through like affiliate marketing as well. I have a course out as well on like um, building passive income through Etsy. So these are just different ways that I started making money while I was traveling. Well, you really looked into every possibility and then chose what would work for you. It's, yeah. Because you know, most people say, I'm going to do A, but you did A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> you did everything. That's I mean, so yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of part of what I was trying to do of like, okay, I'm going to experiment with all of these and then yeah document on my blog so you can learn what I'm doing um, but I do find it's probably better to like just do one and then focus all your time on it and then uh, move on which is kind of what I did so you know yeah. the beginning of it was all Etsy like I just spent most of my time on that and then documenting the process on my blog um, and then like when that was kind of getting that recurring income I was like okay let me try a different one and let me try a different one so now it's really like about building my blog teaching people how to do this as well as my youtube channel now um i do find it more fulfilling so when i was leaving the travels i remember i was just feeling kind of unfulfilled like i yeah. i was building these little passive income streams but i wanted to like yeah you can achieve financial freedom through it but ultimately i think if you don't have like a purpose and you're not like working towards something where you're making impact as well as you're doing something you're passionate about. It just, it's not as like fulfilling or happy. So totally that's agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I kind of realized and that's why like I came back and now I'm feeling a lot more fulfilled trying to teach people how to do this stuff. Like when people kind of ask me and are interested in what I'm trying to do and I can provide that knowledge. It's pretty fulfilling. Well, so. and you've been there, been there, done it. And yeah. that's the type of pe person people want to learn from is somebody like you. You know, it's hard for us to, I, I don't know, at least in my situation, to look at somebody who's a multi, multi-millionaire. I can't relate. You're so mm. far ahead of me. I don't know how you got from where I am to where you are. I'd rather learn from someone who's a little bit ahead of me. 
or, you know, a chunk ahead of me, but is relatable. I mean, a lot of times when I look up, you know, successful people, I always check, you know, what they've done, their backstory. And I know when I first started blogging and things like that, I wasn't, I wasn't killing it yet or anything. I was just blogging when I was like, even when, before I left, like when I was not happy in my job, I was like, I'm like, I hate this right now. (laughs) Like, I'm like just blogging about my feelings and documenting the process from even when I had nothing going on with these passive income streams. And I think people actually appreciate that realness of like, even when, uh, before you're like successful or anything, just like keeping it real, what you're, what, what, uh, you're doing at the time and like how you're feeling about things. Like people actually appreciate that realness. I think they really do. And they Mm -hmm. trust you more when you are real and how, what was your budget? So you were saying that, you know, you were um, finding it way less expensive than living in San Francisco, obviously, which yeah. pretty much everywhere is. Um, what was your total budget? What were you um, able to live on over there? Yeah, so I decided to like Google spreadsheet everything I was spending and things like that, just to like prove to people that travel isn't that expensive. And uh, so like around nine months time I ended up spending like 11,000 something which was 1400 a month that's unreal yeah so I tracked every single like dollar of spend so that people can see that um reason I did nine months is that the three months like uh like during that first year I was um like sometimes I would visit my parents in Hong Kong and things like that so I was trying to get like the most accurate information and yeah it's like a lot cheaper than people would imagine it's a matter of like careful planning as well as uh well i think like i I still ended up being able to go out and have fun like you know like um eat out like every day i was reading Um, that on your blog oh you did cool because who wants to cook cook, so i get that (laughs) okay yeah i agree with that (laughs) yeah yeah um so it really is like a matter of planning and like seeing what places are more affordable and like uh what can fit your standard of um, living and you can use like that site numbio.com where you can see like uh, for each thing like how much does it cost to eat out how much does it cost to oh, yeah awesome. so yeah these um, these resources are really helpful and that helped me book a lot of it um, I booked as I mentioned like six months in advance um, and that helped because it just made me feel a lot safer that I've had a lot of it booked that like, I don't think I'm going to get screwed over later. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. end up, okay, what do I do now? I have to check out of this place. I have nowhere to go. So exactly. That exactly. was smart. That was smart. <laughs> um, what, and I know you've talked about quite a bit. Is there any like big pieces of advice you have for someone who wants to become a digital nomad and do what you did? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm more risk averse. I, I prefer to kind of uh, start like saving, start, you know, mm-hmm. building those passive income streams. I've met people who I met in Chiang Mai who just like had $500 in a dream. Like, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> and I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, okay, I'm not like that. So I guess my advice is I would probably like manage like my finances first mm-hmm. before I leave as well as start looking into those um maybe remote positions if you're not ready to build passive income streams right away and then um and and start studying a lot so that's what i did you know i studied a lot of books and blogs to learn more about online businesses and passive income um as well as for me again i booked stuff in advance i would do the exact same thing so i i would kind of 
do the preparation first and then go out there. I would take action as well. You know, a lot of people talk about it and they don't actually do it. So a lot of it is executing. So. Yeah, that that's true. A lot of people are, and, and like me, I would never be brave enough. So <laughs> well that you did it. And I love that you did it smart. The mommy grandma part of me loves that you did it. So <laughs> awesome. Um, now, how did you acclimate back to life in San Francisco? Was it hard? It wasn't really hard because I feel like every time I went to a new place, it felt this, like the same way. The first few days, it's like, oh, this is new. This is interesting. And then after, you know, a week, you already like get used to it. And I think, um, you know, I've been here for a long time, just coming back home, like, okay, I know how this is. And uh, after a week, I already got used to everything. And I got to hang out with my friends, my family, and just felt like home again. So, yeah. So that was good. So there was no real problem with that part. Yeah, I mean, I think it was because I was ready to because, right, that's a good point. yeah, because after those two years, I had the feeling of like, like, I wanted more fulfillment, I wanted to be around ambitious people. Um, and I was ready for that stage of my life. Now, um, what are you doing now? Tell them what you're doing. Like yeah, so I'm building up um, so my site's digitalnomadquest.com. And I'm like blogging a lot on that site, as well as uh, doing YouTube videos now and podcasts uh, as well, actually. So um, you can find me on Sharon, last name T S E U N G. Um, my podcast is Digital Nomad Quest Podcast with Sharon Sun. And a lot of it's just really teaching people how to do the same things. Um, I'm also working as a marketing manager at a startup. So kind of doing both at the same time. And I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's you'd have a lot of fun things going on. And okay, you guys, I'm going to throw a clip in here too to make you even more make it even more unbelievable that Sharon has all these talents. Well, guess what? She sings too. <laughs> and she's actually really, really good. So um, with her permission, and I know she's given it to me already, I'm going to throw a clip of her music video in here. all right, this just really isn't fair. Too many <laughs> talents in one lady. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> but um, tell, tell everyone about your course too, your, uh, the Etsy Entrepreneur course. Yeah, so it is basically the blueprint of how to go from zero to $1,000 a month on, of passive income on Etsy. So um, it's focused on digital downloads, but I think anyone who wants to start making money on Etsy, if, even if it's a physical product, you can learn a lot through the course because I talk about uh, different marketing strategies, how to rank on Etsy um, based on their algorithm and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I basically take you step by step from beginning to the end, so. And why Etsy for digital downloads? Like, um, what made you choose Etsy and not, um, I don't know, Amazon or, or, or Shopify or another site? Yeah, I mean, I don't think um, Amazon really has that much 
like I haven't really seen people list digital downloads on there. And I know you can on Shopify and I've have, I have done that before, but Etsy is just like a marketplace that a lot of people are using right now that mm-hmm. people do like put up digital downloads on there. And it's like one of the, I think it's probably the main one that has that. Right. So there's another site called creative market that has that. And I saw on there too, but I make more on Etsy because it's just like a, uh, there's a lot of people on there and yeah. Yeah. It really helps like, yeah, it helps new sellers too. So if you like put up new stuff, um, it's not like going to be too saturated where you can't rank. Cause I mean, I was able to do it and I've, I've helped other people, um, get sales as well on their shops and it's still doable. That's so cool. Very yeah. cool. And I guess it makes sense because that's the creative space. That's where you sell. That's where creatives sell their wares. So that does make sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even limited to just like creative people, I would say, because you can see people selling like invoice templates or yeah. like budgeting templates. And that's all like uh, spreadsheets, like Excel spreadsheets. Or maybe you have a guide on how to, I don't know, do like I don't know, coding or something like that. You could even write up an ebook or something, you know? So it's it's like the opportunities are limitless based on what you know, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I never thought of Etsy in that way until I was reading all the details of your course. And and so I guess the last thing I want to ask you is just tell everybody where they can find you is what's the best source or multiple sources for you for them to go to to find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, digitalnomadquest.com, my YouTube, my podcast. So YouTube is Sharon Sung, Sharon, T-S-E-U-N-G. Podcast is Digital Nomad Quest uh, with Sharon Sung. And you can also find me on my social media. Um, It's all Sharon Sung as well. So if you want to find me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, just find my name. Okay. And you made that really easy for everyone. And I'm laughing because every time I went to email you, I had to look up how to spell your last name. Again. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. With that. It is confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's really not that hard. And I keep saying, I look it up and go, oh, that is not even hard, Jill. Why can't you remember that? It's, <laughs> it's the EU. It. Like, people Actually, I have to spell Fox for people because you wouldn't believe what wow, I Wow. Really? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on this show today. And I think you are super interesting. And I think you've given people quite a bit of great content and not only a lot to think about, but also a lot of steps to take if they want to follow in your footsteps. And I'll make sure to link to, um, I'll link to all of the things you mentioned in the show notes and description. But thanks so much again for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining both Sharon and I today. And if you haven't already done so, please remember to subscribe because every week I'll be bringing you information that's going to help you build, market, and grow your small business, your practice, or your brand. Thank you again, and I'll see you next week.